Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number one of a brand new podcast titled I Was a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm your host, M, and I was a Seventh-day Adventist. On its surface, the Seventh-day Adventist religion is simply a brand of Christianity that has some unusual practices when compared to other forms of the Christian faith. They observe their holy day for 24 hours, from sunset on Friday night until sunset on Saturday night. Their holy day is Saturday because they believe that the first day of the week is Sunday and that the seventh day that God rested, referenced in the Christian Bible, is Saturday. The Seventh-day Adventist religion believes in sleep as what happens when you pass away, when someone dies. They don't go to heaven. They don't go to hell. They simply lay in the ground or in an urn on someone's desk or spread about at Walt Disney World or in the ocean or wherever their remains happen to be located until such time that... Jesus returns to the earth in what they call the second coming. The Seventh-day Adventist Church has attempted to predict the second coming. They have backtracked on that, and they have then said, well, the date that we have is simply a date where God began judging humans to prepare for the second coming, to determine which ones were and were not going to get to go back to heaven with him when he returns. The Seventh-day Adventists believe that vegetarianism is the healthiest way to live your life. They take literally the parts of the Bible that say that unclean meats are bad for you, and they don't really have any justification for why those meats are unclean other than it was written in a book. Some Seventh-day Adventists are okay with eating chicken and beef, fish. I have yet to come across any devout Seventh-day Adventists who will eat pork, shrimp, lobster, or anything of that nature. The Seventh-day Adventists also followed the teachings of a woman by the name of Ellen G. White. This podcast will dive deeper into her teachings down the road, focusing on things she talked about, diet, exercise, lifestyle, choices in the workplace, her beliefs about gender roles and things like that. Ellen White claimed to be a prophet, claims to have visions uh, and meetings with God. And because of her claims, the Seventh-day Adventist Church has almost put her writings on a pedestal of higher importance than the Bible itself. I can't tell you how many times as a child, teachers in school or in Sabbath school or leaders in Pathfinders would reference Ellen G. White as a guidepost for living our life a certain way or behaving a certain way. My parents, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that they are probably the most welcoming, the least judgmental, and the most pure, wholesome Seventh-day Adventist I've ever come across. In growing up, I, at home, never saw any classism sexism, racism, never saw any 
it, granted, it wasn't something that was of predominant in our lives at the time, but I never saw any homophobia. I never saw any transphobia. I never saw any putting people down because of their religion or culture or nationality. I can't say the same for the people I went to school with or the people that led at the school and in church and at youth groups. We had a girl in my high school whose family was practicing the Catholic religion, and she went to our school. I don't quite know why um, she ended up in the Seventh-day Adventist school, uh, but that's neither here nor there. What I do know is that she was taunted for being Catholic. Teachers would often bring it up in class. You know, this is how we believe, and look straight at her and say, oh, but other religions believe this way. We had a girl who got pregnant in high school, and instead of being supported, and instead of the Adventist community circling around her and recognizing that she was going through a difficult time in her life, and offering her resources and a network to make sure she was taken care of and healthy emotionally and physically, they kicked her out of school and very publicly stated why she was no longer in school was that she had chosen to engage in sexual intercourse outside of marriage and therefore she was no longer welcome at our school. The church that I grew up in was initially a very pleasant place. Uh, it was a smaller church. And then when I switched from one SDA school to another, we started attending the church that was connected to the school. Um, it was, from what I understand, a not requirement, but I believe there was a tuition break that my parents received for sending me and my sibling to this school if they transferred their membership from our home church down to this one. Our home church, the church I grew up in, I'm sure it had its issues. I was a child. I, I don't recall anything major jumping out at me. But it had a, a more personal feel to it. It was smaller. Everybody knew everybody. Uh, I would participate in music. During the church service, we, we had more than just a piano and organ. We had a, a few of us who would play instruments to accompany the the service. Wind and, and strings, not like a guitar band. We, we played like a band orchestra type instruments, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, the pastor knew everybody by name, and he would, he would come over to your house and speak with you, and uh, he would be very present at youth events. Uh, he had a boat, and he would take people out on the lake. We would go tubing and things like that. And then the second church that I went to, I knew the pastor's name, and the pastor knew my father to a certain extent, um, but outside of the service or him coming to our school to preach to us, we never really saw him. There was a small army of pastors. There was a senior pastor, a youth pastor, uh, some other pastor, an associate youth pastor. Uh, there were four, I think four, maybe five pastors. I could have that number wrong. But it was very much a, if you fit into this category, this is your pastor. If you were a student at the school, this was your pastor. If you were a member of a youth group, this was the pastor that ministered to you. The adult pastor was the adult's pastor, and he was the 
he was there for them. He was not there for us. He didn't come down and see us. He didn't he didn't really interact with us at all. And our pastors as youths were not a major part of the church as a whole um, during services and things like that. And in my brain, I kind of went, well, this is this is a, you know, they want to keep us separate. We're not, we haven't reached their level yet or something along those lines. As I progressed through the school system, I, I initially believed strongly everything that the SDA church believed. I believed that I couldn't play youth sports on Friday night or Saturday. I believed that it was wrong to do that. I believed it was disrespectful to my church and God and all that. Uh, my school had a couple of sports teams that they would compete against other non-religious schools in, and they were very careful to schedule games that were on weeknights, Monday through Thursday. Uh, and I don't, uh, I don't ever recall any exception to that being made, even for a, a tournament or a playoff game or anything like that. We were in ninth or tenth grade when the Catholic Church was choosing a new pope. I, I don't remember, I want to say maybe 2005, 2004 or five. And in history class, history class, we were watching, we watched for, I don't remember how many days it took, five or six days. We were watching and learning about this. And we were told that this new pope was going to be the Antichrist. We were taught in history class, which was supposed to be like a world history class, that all these historical signs pointed toward the new pope being the Antichrist. We were taught that there were historical facts that exist that prove that the pope is going to be the antichrist. I believe there's been a there's been another pope since that one. So clearly that pope is not or was not the antichrist. But we were taught in history. We weren't this wasn't even religion class. We were taught in history that that was the case. Um, science class. We had our science teacher was one of the most demanding teachers I've had. Initially I didn't like him. He was extremely knowledgeable and once you understood his requirements for assignments and things like that. He and I actually developed a pretty good relationship. The one drawback to that class, I feel like, was that there are a lot of scientific things that exist that we were not taught. He did not insert any sort of religion into science class. Uh, every once in a while we would have a substitute teacher who would, but when he was teaching it was very much scientific. This is how these things work. This is the biology of, of this particular organism this is you know how this ecosystem works so on and so forth and he was very careful to not bring up creationism or evolution and looking back as an adult I am now curious if that's because he wasn't comfortable teaching us something that maybe he didn't fully believe in I like to think that was the case I like to think that in order to keep his job he couldn't teach us evolution but he also wasn't comfortable enough teaching us creationism. I don't know that to be the case. I uh, I never will know, but in my brain, um, I like to think that may have played a, a little role in it. English class. We had 
writing assignments, we had uh, we had to do analysis of like books and poems and writings and things like that. And there was a assignment where it was find a writing of some genre I don't recall and write it write about it write an analysis of it that is is as long as the thing you're writing and I think we had a three or four page average so you would find a a short story or an article that was you know a few pages long and then you would write an analysis of it and the requirement was that it needed to be the same length as the original writing and a couple of us chose some articles in in uh one of us, cho- I chose an article, someone else chose an article, and uh, the third one of our little friend group, he chose uh, some sort of short story. And we were all told that's not acceptable because the writing is a secular, is more secular than would be appropriate for the school we were in. And I thought, well, this is, this is a world-renowned writer. This is a, a writing that's recognized in, in many circles as a, as a informative source and as accurate, why can't I use it? We had math class, really no no religion in math class. I mean, it's it's these are numbers, these are why they're numbers, and um, my brain just sat there and the little gears turned and they got jammed up and I almost failed math class every year in high school and I barely pulled it out and one year I actually got a B. I think I think one year, maybe two years, two semesters, I got a I got a B. Um, never got below a C, solid C, that I recall, but I definitely never got above a higher B. Um, very average math student. Um, but our math teacher was also very uninvolved with the church itself. He, he was very much um, very intelligent. He was very much math and, and not nerdy, but he was definitely a, uh, a teacher first. He wasn't a a religious uh, uh, zealot like a lot of the leaders in the church and in the community that I was a part of. We had music class, and this is something that's going to be touched on in the second episode. I don't want to get too much into music, um, but I loved playing music. I loved making music, but I became so frustrated during high school with the type of music I was allowed to play and the opportunities for instruction that I had um, that I stopped playing altogether in band and orchestra. And I believe that if I had a better music structure and I had more opportunities to be trained and have more practice opportunities with instructors, I would still be involved in music more than I am today, which is almost non-existent. I keep toying with the idea of getting an instrument again or, or multiple instruments. I played several, but um, we'll go more in detail into that in probably episode two, uh, maybe one farther down the line. It just depends on how guests and hosts line up. After music, there was religion class, and that was our focal thing. If you had any sort of assignment in another class and you were struggling with it, but you had an assignment in religion and you could justify why, you know, why isn't this on time? Why are you still working on this part of the project? You should be at this point. Well, I have this thing for religion class. I have this thing for Bible class. It was not questioned usually because that class was the whole reason in their mind that we were there was to learn how to be good 
Seventh-day Adventists and learn what they believe. In the religion class, I had a few different religion teachers, and the common theme was, these are facts. Do not ask why we believe this way. Don't ask how this writer came to this conclusion. Don't bring up the fact that someone who is recognized in the secular world has disproven this. Don't bring up how historically renowned uh, philosophers and writers from back in the first century don't write about this person's existence or write a completely different tale of how this person existed. Don't worry about that. Worry about what we're telling you is correct. And that mindset is what really started to drive me away because I don't like to be talked to in absolutes. There's always room for questioning something and there's always a chance that something could be wrong or misunderstood. Knowing that now as an adult, I'm seeing these are red flags of a unhealthy environment. Whether or not you want to put the label of cult on that environment, that's between you and, and whatever you believe in or uh, you know whoever you are sharing these beliefs with. But I've always thought that, and I've, I've heard this several times from different sources unrelated to me, and it's, it's solidified this, the only difference between a religion and a cult is mainly uh, how old it is and how many people are in it. If you start up a new religion, it's going to be called a cult. People are going to call you a cult. People are going to accuse you of trying to start some sort of uh, out there extremist movement, but then give it a few hundred years and uh, you know have tens, hundreds of thousands of people and you get recognized as a religion. Do I think the Seventh-day Adventist Church is a cult? I'm not certain. Part of me says yes, part of me says no. Maybe by the end of this podcast, whenever that may be, I will have developed a more definitive opinion one way or the other. What I want to share with you, and this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. This is, uh, we're coming up on the about the 20-minute mark. Episodes are probably going to be 35 to 45 minutes. Um, some may run a little longer, uh, depending on the content. I'm never going to cut off a guest or stop a conversation cold just for the sake of time, but the goal is kind of going to be that that 35 to 45 minute mark. This podcast is going to be a place, hopefully, where you hear things and you go, oh shit, I'm not alone. I didn't know there were other people who thought the same way I did about the similar experiences we had to each other. It's going to be a place where you can say, I never realized that I was going through this. I never realized that I was being manipulated this way or that way. And hopefully, as you experience those emotions, whether they are positive or negative ones, you're able to work through them, um, whether it's with yourself, with your partner, with your family, friends, with a professional, and um, find a little bit of peace and, and find some closure on that chapter of your life. I have talked to many, many people in putting this podcast together and previously because I still have several friends who are Seventh-day Adventists and I have even more who are formers that still struggle with certain things because they don't understand why they are the way they are and it's more so with people who are former SDAs but there's still some of that in the ones that are current or on the fringe. Hopefully through conversation, through research, through 
humor through various bits of information we we gather in putting these episodes together we will a we'll be able to i can't talk today words are hard um you'll learn that sometimes i'm very well spoken and put together and sometimes words just form in my brain and then come out backwards but we will get through that together it's going to be fun hopefully it's going to provide you with some uh, some feelings of support some feelings of of, hey i'm not alone in this if there's anything you'd like to see or there's anything you'd like me to clarify or if there's anything you hate about this show please shoot me an email former sda podcast at gmail.com if this gets big enough i'll have a website and you know we'll have a real email address but for now former sda podcast at gmail.com if you're here from reddit you know who I am. Shoot me a DM or a chat request there. I'm more than happy to talk to you. Sometimes I'm online and replying right away. Sometimes it takes a day or two for me to reply. Just like everyone else, I have you know, a life. I have things to do. This podcast is a hobby. Um, and so is scrolling through Reddit and uh, looking at memes. So uh, be patient with me. If you reach out, it may take a little bit for me to respond, but I'm going to do my best to make sure that it doesn't take too long for me to respond to you. We're going to have guests, as I've said. There will be guests who come on. Many of them are going to remain anonymous. Uh, I believe most of them are going to remain anonymous. The people I've talked to have a lot of stories to share, and because of ties that they may still have to family or friends in that uh, religion, they will be going by initials or pseudonyms. So if you feel that you have something you want to share, but you don't want the people that you still know who are involved with the SDA church to come after you or to simply have what you share here negatively affect your relationship with them, feel free to say, hey, I'll write this for you. I'll record this for you. I'll come on, but I want to go by this random word or this initial or this whatever it is. I can change your voice. I can do a lot of things to make sure that your identity is protected because, as I said, this is a place that everyone deserves to feel safe when not only listening, but when sharing with each other. Guests will be on, and if someone is a guest, it will be almost an interview format. We're going to, I'll talk to them, ask them questions. We've talked. Obviously, we we will have talked prior to them coming on, but I'll ask them questions, learn more about specific experiences that they had and that they went through and what they've learned from it or what what they learned during it and what drove them out of the church and a whole myriad of things. And it's obviously going to change depending on the guest. I will have co-hosts for some episodes. And the reason I'm using the two terms as guest or co-host is because when I have co-hosts on... It's going to be more of a roundtable type discussion, whether it's one or two co-hosts. We will be picking an SDA topic and discussing it amongst ourselves. And we may provide some anecdotal evidence that we experienced or we know people who've experienced. Um, But it's very much going to be more of a fact versus fiction, how this compares to real world things, how this compares to other religions type of discussion, as opposed to asking them, what are your experiences and hearing their stories? The third type of episode will be this one that is happening right now, which is me 
sitting here in front of a computer at my bar in my house, talking into a microphone by myself and spewing words and information. Some of the episodes will be just me reading writings. I have already received a long email, upwards of 11 or 12,000 words, I think. And there's a second one that I believe is on the way of someone's experience who they didn't want to have their voice on here, but they wanted to be heard. So there will be an episode, at least one, and as I get others, similar, uh, other similar writings, there will be episodes where I just read those and then kind of recap them and, and discuss them either alone or I may bring in a co-host to discuss that person's experience after the writing has been, has been read. If you have any suggestions for formats, for ways I could present information, for information I could present, or you know, if you want to talk about your experiences, like I said, formersdapodcast at gmail.com, or if you are a Reddit user, you can find me there. Um, you've seen my posts in the ex-Adventist subreddit. Uh, I've made some posts pimping this podcast, and I will make posts every time I drop an episode. I fear I'm starting to ramble. I've given you a little background of me and my experience in the SDA school system. I'll get more into the music side of things and my involvement with Pathfinders in later episodes with guests and co-hosts. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to thank each and every one of you who has reached out to support or to offer information, offer to, to provide me with research, offer to write stories of your experiences, offer to be guests, offer to be co-hosts. I've gotten a response I was not expecting. Uh, I'm a little over a week and a half, two weeks into this project. I threw the idea up for it on the Ex Adventist subreddit, expecting to get a couple of upvotes and maybe one or two people messaging saying, hey, that's a cool idea. I think you should go for it. Just kind of that little mental push to inspire me to do it. I wasn't expecting to have an inbox full of chats where people are saying, hey, that's a great idea. I think you should do it. I'd like to be a part of it. I need to get things off my chest. Hey, I'd like to write into you. Hey, I'd like to provide you with this. So I think each and every one of you, it's been a huge inspiration. And because of you, I'm going to continue to push forward with this. And I hope to release episodes, fingers crossed, Weekly, maybe bi-weekly. I'm not going to make any promises because I don't want to set deadlines for myself and then tell you, hey, there's going to be an episode on Sunday. There will be an episode on Monday. And that doesn't happen. I'm now letting people down and I'm constantly moving goalposts. So I will promise to record as regularly as I can. I'll promise to continue gathering information and speaking with people and editing episodes. And as I get them prepared and edited... I will release them with no less than a week in between. So it will probably end up being anywhere from one to two weeks apart, but it won't be any set every seven days or every 12 days, nothing like that. So with that being said, thank you all once again for lending me the last 30 minutes of your life. And I hope that what you have heard today and what you heard in the trailer will prompt you, will, will make you want to tune back in for future episodes with other people and, and hearing experiences and hearing some of the discussions and banter that will take place as we dive into the Seventh-day Adventist religion and find out why people leave and find out um, why 
it functions the way it does. Thank you all for your time. Thank you for lending me your ears and thank you for joining me on this journey. Once again, I'm your host, M. Feel free to reach out at formersdapodcast at gmail.com or shoot me a message via Reddit. You'll find me in the ex-Adventist sub. This has been episode number one of I Was a Seventh-day Adventist.